0: Okay, so I hear you like books.
1: Why, yes, I do. That's right. When I was your age, television was called books. And this is a special book. Because when you read a book as a child, it becomes part of your identity in a way that no other reading in your whole life does. And I have gotten carried away.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you have.
1: Are you seeing the books? Everything you would want to read is right here. Feel it. Feels good, right? Just smell it. Nothing, nothing smells like that. Welcome, friends, to episode twenty-three of Reading the Newberries, a team friendship podcast. We'll be discussing the book Kira Kira today by Cynthia Kadahara. I don't know if I said that. You guys, that's a fun word. Yeah. I think
2: you did a good job.
1: So I'm joined today by my fellow podcasters, Lauren. Merry Christmas, friends, and happy holidays. What a nice greeting. Mm-hmm. And Mandele. What up, friends?
0: <laughs> She's not as festive <laughs> no. as I am.
1: And I'm Leah. Merry Christmas. And I think it's the end of Hanukkah. So it happy is. Hanukkah. It's the end already? Might have already ended by the time. Is it always this early this year? Is no, it's a uh, I think it's a little earlier because one year it was during Christmas, right? I don't know. I know it's I different know it every year. It fluctuates. So, anyway, yeah. you guys, um, I don't want to talk about this book. <laughs> we have to. Okay. But before we do, we can talk about other fun things. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> well. I can start with my fun book things. All right. For the love of books. So I've been like crunch time getting in some end of the year reading, but made myself choose books that would be enjoyable and not just short. (laughs) So... I have been reading A Tree Grows in Brooklyn by Betty Smith, which I will unfortunately not finish before the end of the year because the library is evil and apparently only has one copy of this classic PBS favorite book, PBS, what was that? The Great American Mm -hmm. Read. I swear they have one copy. There's like six people in line behind me to get it. How do you not have more than one copy I of don't a classic, know. Can like can a you find, find it on the one.
0: digital library. I know you don't like reading books on your phone. I hate reading books on my phone. I'm
1: not going to read that book on my phone. I just need to buy it. But I'm yeah. a cheapskate because I know I could get it from like Goodwill or something for I don't know how much books there are right now, but like a dollar or less. Mm-hmm. I just need to do it anyway. Yeah. I'm loving it. It is one of those coming of age stories, probably closest to YA that you're going to get in that time. Um, obviously based in Brooklyn. I love New York, so it's like a l- little peek into the past. Lots of memorable characters that are just sucking me in and crazy stories that are based in truth because the author grew up in New York City during that time in Brooklyn. So I one of, here's one of my favorite stories, guys. Christmas related. So, they would have a day toward the end of the Christmas season, before Christmas actually came, where all the kids in the neighborhood would go to the little tree lot, and they would get trees thrown at them, and if they didn't fall over, they could take the tree home for free. That's an interesting tradition. (laughs) It's a for real thing. Do they still do that? No. Oh, okay. okay. Times were tough back then, like abuse in the schools, severely, like really poor children. Education was very, very minimal. Like all of these first and second generation immigrants just trying to survive. So I don't know, reading, I was reading that. I was reading Becoming by Michelle Obama and I was reading this book and all three were kind of, you experience like being in a second culture in America and um, just trying to find your way trying to rise above your family's probably economic status I would say and the importance of education it was kind of crazy how everything came together I did not do that on purpose anyway that is my book love I, I want love that love your
0: book love Leah <sighs> I hope you get the book back I
1: was seriously like <laughs> close to tears when I had to take it back to the yeah, library I would have been I was too. so sad
0: I uh, So I, I'll get into my book, Love, because I have kind of a similar story almost. So I was reading, also reading Becoming by Michelle Obama. And I was reading it on through the library's digital app, which nice. I don't like to read books nope. on my phone, but it was the only way I could read it. And I really wanted to read it. But the, the library app was the same way. Like I had like... For some reason, it took me a long time to read the book, even though I was reading it a lot. <laughs> it's
1: a long yeah. book.
0: I did audio and it was like 19 hours long. Okay, so I don't feel so bad. I'm like, I know I'm a slow reader, but I didn't know I was this slow. Anyway, so it got to be like the day before, like when when you run out of time on the book, it just takes the book from your phone. Well, there's like a wait list for the digital copy even. And I was like, I need to finish this today or I'm going to have to wait 75 days till I can have it. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Which that book is there's a reason it's popular cuz it was so good. I I highly recommend it. Becoming by Michelle Obama. Read it. Yes.
1: I also recommend it, especially I don't know, I've always been into first ladies. It's a weird thing to be into, but It was so cool to get a modern-day glimpse behind the curtain. Yeah. And she I listened to the audiobook, and she does that herself. She narrates it herself. And it was just like hanging out with a friend, Hmm. very down-to-earth, and just getting to hear her life story, which I love. I love biographies and memoirs and all of that. So, yeah, I also recommend it.
0: The other book that I read that I wanted to talk about is called Blended by Sharon M. Draper. So this book was really good. It's about an 11-year-old girl named Isabella. So her mom is white and her dad is black. And toward the beginning of the story, we learn that her parents are getting divorced. And it's like a really ugly divorce. Like they fight all the time. And even after the divorce, they still fight all the time. So she feels caught, like, between two identities. So she lives with her mom one week, and then the next week she lives with her dad. And so she, you know, she'll just get used to living in one place, and then she'll have to go live in another place, and it's really frustrating for her. And honestly, like, if that were all that this book was about, it, it would have been an awesome book. Like, just that in itself is awesome because, you know, I related a lot to it. I know that there's probably tons of kids out there that will relate to this story. But it's also about, it deals a lot with racism and stereotyping and class. And honestly, there's a strong theme of family uh, in this book as well. So I think this would be an awesome book to read if you have a middle schooler as a child, like read it with them. I think it would be awesome. And or if you te- if you're a teacher uh, to read it in your middle school classroom, I think it would um, spark some really good discussions and also some very timely discussions. I I've heard some people relate this book a little bit to The Hate You Give, mm-hmm. and um, I would I would agree. But it's obviously The Hate You Give is a young adult book and has things that you might not want your middle schooler reading about just quite yet. So I would say blended would blended would be the book for them.
1: Did you see Kwame Alexander's post? I did. About his yeah. little girl. She read his. She wanted to read the Hate You Give, and she's ten. And he said, "Um, no, it's not time for that." Mm-hmm. So Then she, he like challenged her to read his book, Swing. And then they talk about it, and she did. So now he's like, "I don't, I don't, I still don't feel like she's yeah. ready."
0: <laughs> she should read Blended, Kwame there we
1: go
0: <laughs> which I feel like he already probably knows about though. because I was like I was gonna comment and be like she should read blended but I'm like he probably already knows about that book well, so other people may not yeah it's still true do it. so anyway I highly recommend it it's a good read do you have any book love Mandy I'm
2: reading a Christmas Carol how
0: how is that going because you say you've tried this many <laughs> times before how is that going for it's, you this
2: time it's going okay
1: are you reading the one that's like A Christmas Carol and Other Christmas Writings? Is that the one you're reading? Or is it just it, strictly? It has, the,
2: it has the other ones in it. Oh, okay. Yes.
1: Because The Christmas Carol itself is not, is it a long book?
2: No. Okay. That's what I thought. That's, that's the thing, Leah. That's you, the problem. You got this.
1: You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know why it's so
2: Long, I don't understand. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> and I can, I know that I've read like the first part a million times because I'm just like, oh, I've already read this, <laughs> and then I keep like trying to skip forward. I think that's my problem. I think I just need to start just commit. Do you just have do like? It. You should
0: make a chart for yourself and be like, today I'm going to read chapters, you know, such and such through such I and should. such, you know, and then you
2: can cross it off, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. every day. Yes. And the other day when I was trying to read our podcast book. It didn't really go so well. But I just made myself read a chapter in mm-hmm. between, like, tasks. It was my day off. So yeah. I was like, oh, put a load of laundry in, then I'll read a chapter. Yeah. And it worked. So I'm going to try it with other books that I'm actually interested in.
0: Yeah, I feel like like with reading, like if it, or with anything that's a challenge for you that you know is good for you, <clears throat> I think it's just all about making the time for it, you know, like because... You know, there's always going to be other things that you'd rather do. So it's all about dedicating that time for it. But, you know, after you're done, you're not, you know, you'll you will be happy that you read, you know. You'll be enlightened. I
2: will. I'll have a, a sense of accomplishment. <laughs> but it's going well. Marley was dead to begin with. Well, poor Marley. <laughs> well,
0: should we get into our book news? I'll go first so Matt de la Pena has a new book coming out called Superman Dawnbreaker it's it's part of a series of YA books in the DC Icon series so like I guess other popular authors have been a part of this and they've written books on like Catwoman I think and Supergirl Anyway, it's part of that series. So Superman Dawnbreaker comes out March 5th, 2019, and Matt De La Pena had the honor of writing that book. So if you're into D.C. and you consider yourself a young adult, check it out.
1: Another exciting announcement, a book called A Piglet Named Mercy by Kate DiCamillo. Some might know her. Illustrated (laughs) by Chris Van... I don't know how to say his last name. Dusen? something like that he's done the other books too oh it looks like it it's a prequel to the mercy watson series which is adorable let's see there's a little blurb about it (laughs) mr and mrs watson live ordinary lives sometimes their lives feel a bit too ordinary sometimes they wish something different would happen And one day it does, when someone unpredictable finds her way to the front door. In a delightful origin story for the star of the Mercy Watson series, a tiny piglet brings love and chaos to Dekawu Drive, and the Watsons will never be the same. You guys, that's going to be so cute. It comes out in April of 2019. That's coming up. Pre-order now.
2: (laughs) All right. So my phone does this really cool thing where it gives me news from Google. And I'd never explored this. And so I decided to scroll. And what did I find but some book news about D&D? Whoa. There are... It's almost like Google like, like
0: listening me. to your, your conversations and stuff. Probably.
2: And, you know, the things I search and whatnot mm-hmm. on my phone. Anywho, they are children's books, the ABCs of D&D and the one two, threes of D&D. Yeah. These
0: books, I'm telling you right now, they were created specifically for uh, parents of children. <laughs> and the parents like D&D and they want to start to indoctrinate their children early. They
2: do. And there's Star nothing Wars wrong has with books that. like
0: that, too. And we totally got them for Nora.
2: <laughs> I think it's really cool. And no, they say cool. there's going to be, they're going to have um, some more books like this that will follow these tiny adventurers and, and teach your kids the basics of D&D as well as their ABCs and one two threes. Hmm. Dual purpose. Dual purpose. Boom. <laughs> wow. They're really cute, too. Look them up. The covers are cute. Cute little children
0: adventuring. Aww. All right, I have one more piece of book news to share with you all. Kwame Alexander has a picture book coming out in April. April 2nd, 2019. It's called The Undefeated. I'm just going to go ahead and read the Goodreads um, description. So it says, the Newbery Award-winning author of The Crossover pens an ode to Black American triumph and tribulation with art from a two-time Caldecott honoree. Uh, the Kadir Nelson does the illustrations. Uh, Let's see. It highlights, oh wait, excuse me, backing up. Originally performed for ESPN's The Undefeated, This poem is a love letter to black life in the United States. It highlights the unspeakable trauma of slavery, the faith and fire of the civil rights movement, and the grit, passion, and perseverance of some of the world's greatest heroes. The text is also peppered with references to the words of Martin Luther King Jr., Langston Hughes, Gwendolyn Brooks, and others, offering deeper insights into the accomplishments of the past while bringing stark attention to the endurance and spirit of those surviving and thriving in the present. So, I think this is awesome, and I'm excited that it's a picture book uh, because you can show it to your children and teach them about some of this history. I love pictures Mm
2: -hmm. in books.
0: And that is our book news, ladies and gentlemen. Well, now do we want to go into our little book nook corner and read some letters from our from our listeners? That sounds so cozy. <laughs> I wish we really did have a little book nook corner. That'd be fun. Go to your book nook corner in your mind. Everyone go <laughs> I feel there like right this now.
1: this box is like my book nook corner. Right? <laughs> Check out my Instagram if you want to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, so we... Uh,
0: post social media questions usually every Wednesday and so the one I chose for us to discuss during this episode is what is your favorite Christmas time book and are you currently reading a Christmas book? Mandy you are currently reading a Christmas book. I am. She already told us about. I am. Is there a reason that you like want to read a Christmas carol like like a goal in your life, but why? Why is that a goal for you? Because
2: I feel like it's like it's like the staple book of Christmas, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I just watched. I don't know if uh, you guys have the the Prime video, the man who invented Christmas. Yes, I just I did watch it. Watched yes. it. That was it. Was phenomenal. I love that. And so, like now, I want to read the book even. more. I hear
0: that that is based on a book too, right? Is it? Like. It's like dickens and his carol Great. or something like that
2: probably
0: and i saw a book at the library called that and i was like oh i wonder if that now is what the movie's based on i don't know anyway thanks
2: a lot lauren yeah no it's <laughs> i i think
0: it's interesting when you can kind of and i don't know how accurate that book is like or that movie is about like you know all the behind the scenes and where he got his inspiration for but it's fun to think about that stuff
2: yes Mm-hmm. indeed
0: do you have any other favorite Christmas time books, Mandy?
2: Mm. I can't think of any at the moment. All right.
1: Leah, I tried to read one Christmas book that didn't go well. Oh, no. I mentioned this a little bit on our site. I just, I understand liking romance books, I just don't happen to care for that particular genre. It's very rare that I can enjoy a good romance. I just, I don't know. I get it. I totally get oh, it. No, You're not a Sparks fan? Uh, no, I am not. I just, I've tried. It's just not me. But I tried to read a, all the Christmassy, like, girly books are usually romance novels. And I just can't do it. I tried to read one. It was like something, the Beach Christmas or Little Beach Street Bakery Christmas. I don't know. I I didn't like it. If you do, that's awesome enjoy it cuz i can't um so instead i went for a little bit of a darker book <laughs> <laughs> to the
2: other end of the spectrum <laughs> so
1: i've been a little bit into frederick bachman lately he's the guy who wrote a man called uva and the bear town series um he's swedish but all, most of his books are being translated into english this book was called the deal of a lifetime and it's just it's actually a novella so it's really short um if you just want a sort of dark christmas read (laughs) uh it's a short story kind of uh, about a guy who needs to make a very difficult life choice and it reminds me of some of the short stories we read in school it's one of those like definite moral to the story Mm -hmm. you're supposed to learn something from it so i enjoyed it my husband i had him read it since it's so short it took him like one night and (laughs) he was like uh wow that was dark. <laughs> like, well, I he's not it. into dark stories. Really not. No, it is a little bit dark. But I enjoyed that. My mom commented on that, Ruthie Parkman Pratt, and said her two favorites are If You're Missing Baby Jesus by Gene Geitzen and All Is Well by Frank Peretti, which is a sweet little book. I like that one a lot. But yeah. I'm trying to read another book, Lauren. You were trying to read it too. Did mm-hmm. you?
0: I yeah. I started reading. What is it called? Last, Last Christmas in Paris by Hazel Gaynor and Heather Webb. I actually just started reading it today because I had, was trying to finish up some other books, but I've actually had this for a while. Uh, it is written in letters, so it's very remis- reminiscent to me anyway of the Guernsey Literary Potato Peel Pie Society book. <laughs> Which I loved that book. So I'm only like 30 pages in, but I really like it. And this one is set during World War I.
1: So it seems like it's also a romance, but I think the backdrop of mm-hmm. A Difficult Time makes it easier for me to stomach.
0: And for me, it's written in letters. So that's kind of, I don't know, it's different for me when it's written, when they're like writing letters to each other, right. you know. But anyway, so far I'm enjoying it. I really like it. So hopefully it'll be one of those Christmas books that I really like. (laughs) I don't know. Yay. For me, like I obviously really like how The Grinch stole Christmas. I think that's a classic Mm -hmm. like Christmas. And there have been so many like adaptations of it now. Like the Jim Carrey one is hilarious. (laughs) The movie. It's my
2: favorite.
0: (laughs) It's so good. And then, obviously, the newest one that came out, my daughter and I actually went to see it today. It was, like, her first time at the movie theater, and I was a little nervous, but she did great, and she loved it, and it was really cute. So if you're looking for a little Christmas movie to go to the theater and see, I recommend The Grinch. It was good. That's awesome. Uh, And for some reason, like, just, like, The Chronicles of Narnia, like, for me, like... Mm -hmm. I know they're not technically Christmas books, no, but like they are. Father Christmas makes an appearance in right. The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. So that makes it Christmas, but I read I read them during Christmas time. And so for me like I just have that connection of, you know, Christmas to those books for some reason.
1: I was thinking about that too. I feel like Harry Potter books could be a yes. good Christmas yes. reads cuz there's Absolutely. always a good yep. Christmas scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually right.
2: intend to do a Harry Potter movie Marathon. Fine. in the Christmas season. It's just so cozy.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, probably the first two movies are. I think once you get past those, then they start to get yeah more intense. A little bit more stressful. There's, there's still Christmas time in those ones. Yeah, there is. <laughs> All right, so Lori Bowes says, she says, I have my daughter bring stacks of Christmas fiction from the library. Rarely do I remember the names and authors of them, but I just started Mary and Bright by Debbie McComer. And it seems good so far. She says she likes the quick reads because it's just mostly entertainment without deep thinking. And she says she's that kind of reader, especially during Christmas time.
1: And I totally I get, get that. that. Yes. I can't do that all the time, but definitely in a busy season mm-hmm. or if I've been reading really intense books. then sure. Then I feel like that's the only time that I can do a romance.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So we did that recently, but it had like a twist to it, so that kept oh, me entertained. Oh yeah, the maybe in another life. Yeah, book. that was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and that it was, was a entertaining. It was yeah. super cheesy, but mm-hmm.
0: super cheesy. Like I, it would not surprise me if it's <laughs> if it's turned into a Hallmark movie, and I would watch it. Yeah. I would <laughs> do. Okay, Mandy, read your comments.
2: So our good friend Zoe, uh, her favorite. Christmas book is the year of the perfect Christmas tree oh that sounds delightful
0: yeah I looked that book up at the library and they our library doesn't carry it (gasps) surprise
1: surprise we're really hating on our library but they have failed us sorry but you
0: have like what what, five locations in the city like come on come on
2: constructive criticism is all it is
1: all right
0: all right I'm done I'm sorry. I get angry easily. <laughs> yes, she does.
1: Especially if you don't have books that I want to read. Or Make me get my book back when I'm
0: emotionally invested. Seriously, seriously. All right, do you have For one serious. more comment,
2: Mandy? I do. Um, Carrie, her favorite Christmas book is The 12 Days of Christmas by Debbie... I don't know how you say her last name. May Comer. May Comer.
0: Oh, Lori Bowes read another book
2: by she, her. She must be into writing Christmas yeah, books.
0: she's got a lot of Christmas
2: books out there. Okay, okay. So she's like the Stephen King of Christmas.
0: I see, I see. Well, I hope that all of you are enjoying this Christmas time, and maybe you could find one of these Christmas books and, you know, take some time away from the hustle and the bustle and read a book. Have some cocoa. Do it. <laughs> well, folks, my friends, are we ready to get into this book?
2: I guess. No, <laughs> no
0: seems like the wrong answer, but it's it's the time, the time has come. Okay. All right, come <laughs> I will read the um. The description from the book jacket that I have here. We are discussing Kirakira kira by Cynthia Kadahata, winner of the 2005 Newbery Medal. Glittering. That's how Katie Takashima's sister Lynn makes everything seem. The sky is kirakira kira because its color is deep but see-through at the same time. The sea is kirakira kira for the same reason, and so are people's eyes. When Katie and her family move from a Japanese community in Iowa to the deep south of Georgia, it's Lynn who explains to her why people stop them on the street to stare. And it's Lynn who, with her special way of viewing the world, teaches Katie to look beyond tomorrow. But when Lynn becomes desperately ill and the whole family begins to fall apart, it is up to Katie to find a way to remind them all that there is always something glittering, Kira Kira, in the future. Leah, do you have any author
1: info? I want to say no, but I do. I do have a little bit. So Cynthia, she has several books for younger readers. She's also got a few um, adult books because that's um, kind of where she got her start. She was writing a bunch of articles for different magazines, publications, newspapers, etc. And then uh, several of her articles were turned into her first book which featured a young protagonist girl. And her editor said, hey, maybe you should direct your efforts toward a kid's book. So she did. And Kira Kira was her first novel aimed at a younger audience. And it won a Newbery. So she did have great success. Um, She's a second generation American, uh, Japanese American. So her parents were also born here. Um, her story is similar to the main character in this book. Um, she, her father's story, I found interesting. So, I know I'm not the only one, I've talked to some other people, but I did not grow up knowing anything, really, about the Japanese internment camps, um, in World War II. I didn't know about that until I read the book, um, and it just flitted from my mind. (laughs) What was that book? Echo. Echo. Um, Everyone should read that book. So there is a portion (laughs) of that book (laughs) that does talk about the Japanese internment camps. And so her dad uh, and his family, they were in the internment camp. Um, Let's see. It's the Boston camp on the Colorado River Indian Reservation in the Sonoran Desert, which I found... Not ironic, just doubly sad. (laughs) It's the Indian reservation, Mm -hmm. so already one wrong, Um, and then they're interning Japanese people in this camp, and people that were born in America, American citizens. uh, It just makes me upset. Um, So, but her father, another level of upset, was drafted into the army out of the camp. Kidding me? Out of, I can't can't. talk about this without getting my. Oh (laughs) my goodness. um, so he was assigned to the Army Military Intelligence Service, I'm assuming, because he probably spoke Japanese right. and could help right. them out. Um, he also had three full brothers that were in Japan, because his family left Japan came to yeah. the States. So three of his brothers were in Japan. Two of them were killed during the war. And he actually met his third brother um, in Japan, I think, I don't know, for the first time. It seemed like the first time um, as mm. he was doing his service. So... uh, war is just the worst it's just like yeah brings out the worst in everyone and oh my goodness I mean yeah anyway so she does have a very interesting backstory and she does also discuss kind of the frustration she faces of being kind of boxed into these books are for like Japanese people because she's Japanese American and um she does write a lot about what she knows as being a Japanese American, but most of her stories like this one is a coming of age story, so it can relate to other people. So that's just one of the things I read, um, repeated several times that she gets really frustrated that people try to like box her into a certain category. Um, But one of her books called weed flower is about a friendship between a young Japanese American girl who is living in an internment camp and then a young Mojave boy living on the reservation. Um, and she told her dad what she was writing about and he was like, why would people care about that? Like it just kind of the, was done. It's done to us. It's over like kind of attitude, but she's, people, people need to care. People need to know. Um, because if we don't know, we'll repeat the same mistakes. Um, She loves traveling. She grew up um, traveling a lot. And actually, her father was a um, chicken sexer, uh, like the father in the book. So I'm sure that influenced um, part of that. Um, But I also didn't know anything about that. Had you guys ever heard about that, that Japanese, there's like a Japanese method of... Yeah, I didn't know anything
0: about that. Yeah,
1: I didn't know that either. So I did learn quite a few things from this book. I do like diving into other cultures but yeah we'll get into that later anyway um I think that's really all I had is there anything else you wanted to know about no
0: that was very good information thank you
1: you're welcome
2: very thorough
0: all right um let's get into this discussion so Leah yeah <laughs> What did you think of this book?
1: I struggle to say I don't like it because I feel like it opens eyes to a lot of different issues. But I also know that I've read other books that do the same thing. And I enjoy the writing much better in those Mm -hmm. books. This book to me was kind of scattered. The thoughts seemed a little scattered. It wasn't very cohesive, I guess. Um and then there's some things in it that I just wasn't comfortable with and I wouldn't recommend to middle grade readers. It seems like more of a YA book than a middle grade read. I don't know, I just had several things that made me not enjoy it and I was very disappointed because I really wanted to like this book. So I am with you
0: there. I really wanted to like this book too. And I was also very disappointed. I I agree with everything you just said. um, Because I did learn a lot. And I, you know, and we'll get into some of that stuff in our discussion questions. But I felt like I just, I kept waiting for something to happen. You know what I mean? Like, I I felt like the book never really got going. And it was just, it was boring for me, honestly. (laughs) It was really boring. And thankfully, the book isn't very long. But I did not – it wasn't an enjoyable read for me. Uh, I didn't care. I, I didn't care about anything. And normally, like, like I I had no investment in the characters, if that's what I'm trying to say. Like, she didn't – her writing doesn't make me care about them at all, if that makes sense. It
1: does, and I totally – so I kind of already talked to you about this, but I'm all, I was also reading A Tree Grows in Brooklyn at the same time, and that book is very similar – in that it follows a young girl. She's coming of age and all the different characters in her life. Um, and A Tree Grows in Brooklyn made me care about all these random people. Yeah. And ca- I mean, it's probably not fair to compare it to A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, obviously. <laughs> it's a Newberry Medal winner. And that's, that was what was frustrating me because I was reading yeah. that and I was reading Becoming, yeah. which also kind of has that coming of age mm-hmm. part as she, as uh, Michelle tells her story. But Uh, yeah this book just didn't captivate me i love stories like this yeah so that's what was shocking to me because i love stories where you're just following someone as they learn about life and uh, yeah i didn't care yeah (laughs) (laughs) which is sad
0: because like they do go through trials i mean we'll get into that in a few minutes but i just if 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 it weren't a book that I were reading for this podcast, I would have I would have not finished it. I would have DNF'd it. I yep. I, it would have been back to the library, and I wouldn't have cared. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah, I think for me, knowing that it's a Newbery Medal, like I have higher standards for those books, and so it was just I just don't understand why this book won. I don't really because I mean
1: I do I mean it checks a lot of boxes but it's not
0: like a kid isn't going to want to read this book like they're supposed to be writing for children and if a child cannot read this book because they're super bored what impact is it having on them you know what I mean like you said there are issues in this book that do need to be told and talked about But Echo does a way better job. Or there's other books that deal with a sibling dying. Like, there's other books that deal with things like that, that do it in a way better way. (laughs) Yeah. You know? And I just, I don't get it.
1: I don't know if it's, I don't know. I don't know if her different culture influences. Like, we're not getting all the emotion we want. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what it was that I just didn't. I I didn't feel like the characters were very likable. Like Mm-mm. they didn't. I don't know.
2: What what year was this from? Two
1: thousand five. I mean, it was set back in, in the, the sixties seven, 70s. 70s. Right. or seventies. Yeah. Maybe it won because.
0: I don't know. If you were are listening contenders. and you read this book and you did like it, I would love to hear why. Yeah. Like for I real, too. I genuinely, I genuinely want to know because why. on
1: Goodreads there's many people mm-hmm. who loved this book.
0: Yeah, they say it was the best book they've ever read. And <laughs> the part of me that hates this book wants to be like, "Is this the only book you've ever read?" No, <laughs> oh, Lauren, I mean, let's be kind. I know, I
2: know. I didn't finish it. Right. Yeah, and I, I can't say that I, you know, loved everything that I read and but I didn't like hate it but it was just kind of meh
1: yeah it was very boring and I feel like it was meh but I had really high hopes for liking it so that made it even worse (laughs) maybe because we
0: were reading those other books while we were reading this like maybe that was part of it like no I feel like if this
1: would have held up I would have enjoyed it too no you're right you're right I really it takes a lot for me to not enjoy a book I usually give fairly high ratings to all my books yeah, because I love I love the creative process. I love the talent that it takes to come up with a book. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes a lot for me to not enjoy something. Mm-hmm. And
0: No, I agree. I'm the same. I'm very generous with my stars on Goodreads and this book got one star from me. <laughs> yeah.
2: And that I'm was sorry.
0: being generous. It, with it,
1: my it stars. honestly if I I mean maybe it, I don't know. I just That was my Christmas generosity coming (laughs) through. You're (laughs) welcome. All right, well,
0: let's get into some discussion questions. Um, So let's talk about Katie, who is the main character in the book. It's told from her perspective. Um, Katie and Lynn's relationship. So her sister is Lynn. Um, So here's some questions you guys can ponder. Why does Katie feel like her parents like Lynn best? Uh, it is Katie who tells, or it is Lynn who tells Katie that they are moving to Georgia, and it is Lynn who tells her that their mother is pregnant. Why do Mr. and Mrs. Takashima leave such important discussions up to Lynn? And at what point do you think Lynn and Katie switch roles in the book?
1: So I like their relationship. I thought it was sweet that they had a closeness. They traveled a lot, and I think this comes from the author's upbringing. She also had a sister. They also traveled a lot. Um, I'm sure that probably brought them closer together. Um, It feels like to me that maybe they weren't necessarily leaving those things up to her, but they just didn't think they needed to tell her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah.
1: Um, Especially back in that era, like kids were not like today, it would be this big deal, you know. You sit down and make sure they're okay, and right, give them a present. Yeah, I and that, I that take a picture, post it on Instagram. And I think especially in difficult times like that, where they're just trying to survive, they're not thinking about, oh, we need to sit down our five year old and tell her this big news. Like, right? I don't know. That that was my take on it. Um, what about you, Lauren? Yeah, I agree with you. Um.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you on all of that. I have nothing to add. <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> did you experience any of their relationship, Mandy? How far did you get in that?
2: Um. Yes, I did. I thought it was cute.
1: Did it remind you of your sisterly relationship? Uh,
2: a little bit, yes. Yes, a little bit.
1: I could definitely see Lauren being a Lynn.
2: Yes. Um, especially being smart as... How she's like good at chess and stuff. I was like, that would that would be Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> and I would just sit by and watch. <laughs> <laughs> there were other things I should have highlighted.
0: I did like how they explored like just that mo- like that time where Lynn is getting older and she's making a friend and so she doesn't spend as much time with Katie as she used to. Like I think we definitely went through times like that in our growing up period because even though like we'll always be four years apart like i think there's times in our lives where it seems further apart and closer Mm -hmm. together you know what i mean like obviously now like it feels like it's not that big of an age gap but there are times in your life where it seems like it's a huge age gap Mm -hmm. um so i thought that was interesting that they explored
2: that yes also, their their uh, little dramatic episode at the beginning when they were moving reminded me of us too. The the sweater and the oh, and she like teddy wanted bear. her stuffed animal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and obviously, like when Lynn gets sick, I think that's when they switch roles, mm-hmm. and Katie becomes more of the caregiver gotta step up to the plate man well let's move on to our next discussion question uh this one deals with prejudice so prejudice is an underlying theme in the novel the first time katie experiences prejudice is at the motel in tennessee when her family is moving to georgia and if you don't remember that's when the motel clerk like mistakes them for being indian Mm Mm-hmm. And he's like, all in. All the Indians stay in the back rooms, and they charge them more or something. And like, he, Mister Takashima doesn't correct her or him, um, and just does what they tell him to do.
2: Well, anytime I read about stuff like this, it's it's very foreign to me to right. to think about a
1: time yeah. where that
2: was just like the norm.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's just, I'm not that it's easy. But it's easier to just say, okay, sure. You don't have to, you're not going to put up a fight because it's not going to do good most of the time. And that, like in those situations, he's got a family to take care of. Losing a place to stay for them is not going to be worth it in the long run. And it does seem like he is very family first. um, Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. You know, and fighting that battle. Like, especially in the civil rights movement, a lot of people sacrificed a lot, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know, including their own families, to stand up for their rights because it just, it takes a lot to do it. And I think that you have to be in the place and time to do that. And this didn't seem like the place or the time. Right. I don't know. I don't know if that made sense, but...
0: (laughs) All right, let's talk about the hatchery and the union. So... The, there's this man in town, Mr. Linden, and he owns, like, all the factories in town. He lives in this giant house, and the workers want to try to unionize so they can get better working conditions because, uh, I mean, she described some of the working conditions, and they're terrible. Like, the workers were not allowed to use the restrooms, so they had to wear, like, Depends And so they would just go to the bathroom while they were working in their Depends. Wow. Yeah. And what else? Oh, like they would have to work like super long shifts. And so sometimes they would just sleep at the factory. And obviously they weren't getting paid very much. Like their dad had to work like basically all the time. Like she said her dad was never home. He was always working just so they could have money. And then the mom worked too. It sounded really bad. So, like, there are these... work. Some of the workers are trying to unionize, but, like, Mrs. Takashima is, like, against it, you know? She feels like Mr. Linden is, you know, helping them, basically, by giving them a job. So she wants to stay out of all of that.
1: Why do you think she feels that way? At first, anyway. I think it goes back to what we were talking about. They're just trying to survive, and if you stir up problems, then you're going to lose your job. So even if he's not being kind, I mean, they have a job. They're making it. This definitely reminded me of a tree Girls in Brooklyn. Like they, it was the same thing in those days. Most of the people in the neighborhood of the book are, um, you know, second generation Americans. They're still trying to make it, um, but they definitely get taken advantage of because they don't know their rights. Um, they probably, some people don't know enough English to fight for their rights. And so it's easier just to keep your head down and keep going so you can provide a roof over your head and some food. And I don't know, if she if she stirs up a problem, then
0: she could lose her job. Yeah. At the very end of the book, they decide mm-hmm. to go to this pro-union meeting. And I think the thing, I mean, if you don't think this, it's okay. You can tell me what you think, but I think the reason that they decide to do that is um, their you know, Lynn ends up dying of cancer, and like they really weren't given like
1: they weren't given leave time. They weren't given benefits. Um, I mean, right now our husbands both work in a union, and you know once you get to a certain point, you get family medical leave. You can you know go take care of your family, and that's something the union has fought for. Um, They didn't have that back then. And so they found out that that was one of the things that
0: that would be fought for if the union was formed. And so that's my
1: thinking is why they decided to go. So this kind of helps make my point. I was trying to say before and didn't eloquently get out. Um, But, (laughs) you know, they finally see a cause that's worth fighting for for other people. They were they're willing to sacrifice their own good to help help the greater good. They finally got to that point. Whereas at the hotel, yeah, maybe they could have helped the greater good by standing up to this bully person who, you know, is sending them to the back of the hotel and charging them more. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't it wasn't worth it at that point. Now they've had this great tragedy, and they see that they could help someone else avoid some of the hardships they experienced during their tragedy. And so now it's worth it. Now they can stand up for what Mm -hmm. is right and what other people, which I think speaks volumes because it's not even for them. It's for someone else, you know, to stand up against the union. And if they lose their jobs, Mm -hmm. it's because they were fighting for someone else and not even necessarily themselves. Mm -hmm. Go Takashimas.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's two different scenes in the book that I want us to kind of compare. There's one where Katie steals pink nail polish from the store. Um, she does it because she wants to um, paint Lynn's fingernails. So Lynn ends up getting cancer and is very, very sick and like just doesn't feel good. And so Katie just wants her to feel pretty, and so she buy it. She doesn't buy it. She steals the pink nail polish from the store, and she gets found out, and they have to like. You know pay for it and all of that um, but then later on in the book this is after uh, Lynn has died Mr. Takashima just gets he's just really angry and he takes Katie with him and they he goes in with a baseball bat like breaks the Mr. Linden who's the owner of all the factories he breaks his windshield of his like super nice expensive car <laughs> and then they like drive away <laughs> But then later, Mr. Takashima takes Katie with him and goes to Mr. Linden's house and apologizes.
2: Wait, was she there for the original incident? Yeah, she
0: was there for. Well, probably,
2: you know. He
0: says in the book. I think it's a teaching moment. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, in the book, at least in my copy, page 235. So after like he goes through all that, and obviously Mr. Linden is mad and tells him he's gonna like you know press charges or whatever, and we never find out the end of that story, so that's cool. But anyway, he looks at um, Katie and he says, "I don't ever want you to be afraid to apologize, like no matter what the cost. Like we, you should always, if you have done something wrong, you need to apologize for it.
2: A good lesson."
1: Well, and I think he obviously understands being a Japanese-American, you're not going to have the same rights as everyone else, especially back in this era. It's like the end of the civil rights movement. It's important when you are you're going to be looked down upon. It's important for you to always rise above. And that was a theme that I did see you know, in the Michelle Obama book and then in mm-hmm. the book I'm reading, The Tree Girls in Brooklyn. It's a common theme with these you know, other culture families that are being looked down upon and having hate crimes done against them. Mm -hmm. The thing that helps you succeed and helps you pass on success to your kids is to rise above, seek an education, Mm -hmm. be better, even when everyone else around you is being mean and hateful. (laughs) So I definitely saw that in this but. I was really mad when that lady found her for stealing the nail polish. I was too. I know it's wrong, but <laughs> it made me so sad. That's the thing. I wanted to really be invested in these people. And the story itself should have like, sucked me in, but I just didn't enjoy her writing style. Yeah. It, I didn't get sucked in. So disappointing. <laughs> and I love like Japanese culture and learning mm-hmm. more about mm-hmm. that. And uh, you guys... <laughs> Anyway.
0: So at the very end of the book, they take a trip to California to see the ocean because that was, like, Lynn's dream was to see the ocean. Uh, She, like, wanted to live by the ocean, I think. And so Katie tells her parents, we need to go to the ocean. We need to to do it for Lynn. And so I think that kind of helps them all in their healing Mm -hmm. process. Right. Because it was a very – I mean, it's a very tough thing to go through. I mean, I've never – thankfully never had to go through anything like that but I can't imagine the grief that they went through on top of you know being poor and not having a lot and you know people not treating them kindly If something happens
2: to me you can go to Disney World okay thanks Mandy <laughs> uh,
0: were there any scenes in the book that stood out to you or left an
1: impact on you at all I think the scene where Lynn and Katie put aside the niceties of, you know, you're dying, so I'm going to do everything for you and not, not be offended when you yell at me. And she finally just screams at her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was probably the most real moment I experienced yeah. in the book. Just when you're going through something tough like that. I don't know. My husband had cancer um, as a teenager and I know that there were times his brothers took care of him and their wives and there were times that he was mean and hateful to them and they got mad back at him and it's just a stressful time Mm -hmm. when a loved one is you know possibly dying and in this case she was dying you know it doesn't it doesn't push aside those frustrations and I don't know. I was very... That was the
0: scene that stood out yeah, to me, yeah. too. And I I think... And I don't know. I've guessed maybe I wanted more of that. Like, it was just a very real moment and just showed, like, you know, there are, there are families out there where there's a, a a very sick child in the family, but they have siblings. And so how do the siblings deal deal with it, too? And it just... I thought that was a, a really beautiful scene mm-hmm. that showed all of it. Mm-hmm. Like, just all of that emotion and like you know, Lynn wanted. She asked for a cup of milk, and so Katie brings her milk, right? And mm-hmm. like she doesn't like-, doesn't like how it tastes, so she like throws it on the floor, and so then Katie has to clean it up. And, and then she wants like sh- water. Or yeah, <laughs> she just gets like really like yeah. mad, <laughs> uh, which I can see totally happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really liked that, and I I guess I wish we could have explored that more because. I know families that have a very, you know, children with very serious illnesses and and by default they get most of the attention mm-hmm. and and so how how does that affect the siblings right. in the situation?
1: And I'm wondering if her her Japanese heritage has anything to do with it just does it does feel like it is lacking emotion in some places mm-hmm. and I know that in general like I don't want to generalize every Japanese person out there but typically in that culture you're very private you know right. and so I'm just wondering if that affected you know we're very I I definitely would go more toward a Kate Camillo or a Katherine Patterson For where sure, it's just yeah. all emotion all the time and I'm sure some people don't enjoy that. Yeah um but to me i did feel like it was lacking in in that emotion factor Mm -hmm. i don't know i enjoy that i I just i want it to feel real i want to get inside their head and i don't feel like i was inside katie's you want to be able to relate yes and to see the good and the bad you know oh well (laughs) They can't all be winners, can they? Better
2: luck next Oh, wait, up. it is a winner.
0: <laughs> Do you have any last thoughts on this book before we move on? I'm sad. <laughs> I'm
2: sad that I didn't I'm like I'm sad it. because
0: this was my pick, and it was a dud. Okay, Lauren,
1: you will have another pick.
0: <laughs> I'm really sad. I was like, oh, I'm going to pick a, a more modern one. It's going to be And this was good. on my want-to-read list, yeah,
1: even without too. it being a newberry. Ugh, you guys. It's rough, yeah. guys.
2: Should have pulled a Mandy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was a quick read. I read it in yeah, like a day.
0: Not, <laughs> it's not a long book and the print is big. So yeah, you can read it in a day.
1: I will say, if you are interested, I, don't, I would not classify it. We didn't really talk about this, but I would not classify it as a middle grade book. No. Um, no. There are some topics and scenes, and language. There's
0: language that I didn't feel was warranted. No. It it was not
1: necessary. It wasn't. And there was, like, sexual scenes yeah. in this book. So if you want your kids to read this, or you're like, sure, pick anything from the Newberry shelf, maybe read it first before you let your kids read Disclaimer it. Disclaimer <laughs> on this one. This is not one of those blanket, any Newberry is a good book. Yeah. Um, or a safe pick. I just, Yeah
2: see this is what we're here for guys (laughs) doing our newberry job oh goodness
0: well in 2005 here are the newberry honor books so uh first one al capone does my shirts by jennifer Koldenko, and that's actually a series of books like it's all like al capone does this al capone i don't know so interesting The next one is The Voice That Challenged a Nation, Marian Anderson, and the Struggle for Equal Rights by Russell Friedman. Here he is again, popping back up. So (laughs) I feel like maybe we need to read a Russell Friedman book. All right, let's do it. Uh, The last one is Lizzie Bright and the Buckminster Boy by Gary D. Schmidt. So check those out. I feel like they'd probably be better than this, and I'm sorry (laughs) that they didn't win.
1: (laughs) If you enjoyed this book, I'm happy that you did not experience our disappointment. I'm happy for you, and I mean that from a very sincere Christmas place. (laughs) I I wanted to be that person.
0: Thank you, Leah. You're welcome. Thank you. No, you're right, because there are some books that people love, and other people hate that same book, and this is one of those books. (laughs) So...
2: We need another graveyard
0: book.
1: I know. I enjoyed even that book, and I didn't think I would. Maybe. I think maybe it's an... This could have been a case of unfair expectations. I will say that, but I don't think it's true because... No, because even, like
2: I said, like, I didn't hate what I read. It was just not...
1: It's not you know, our memorable. normal. Okay, we got to... You guys. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry. It was
0: just kind of... Eh. Well, we're past it now. We did it. We
1: can move
0: on. All right. So, um, our next book. So our plan is to take a break for this next month, especially during the holiday time. It's kind of busy. We have lives.
2: <laughs> I know you can't believe it.
0: Yeah, we don't just read books all day, which would be totally awesome. We're going to get to that point, though. Yeah. yeah, one of these days we'll have so many sponsors that all we'll do is read books.
1: <laughs> I don't even need to be sponsored. I just need someone to pay for me so I can sit and read books. That's, like That's what a sponsor is. But just like... <laughs> I don't, you know, like I just need to (laughs) find. Never mind. Just enough to pay my bills
2: is all. Just pay our bills for us. They really aren't much, actually. No, they are.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, probably not compared to some. You know, it doesn't take a lot to keep us running.
2: That's true.
1: I can cut things out if I'm going to be paid to read books, right? For real.
2: As long as the fans send us jelly beans and stuff, then we won't have to pay for that. Snack-free episode. Dark chocolate. I know, guys. What happened?
1: I feel like we're just like let's let's just get through this. I know.
0: We've just been powering through. I had some tea. I'm tired. And water. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Water.
1: Okay, so what are we gonna do for our next episode?
0: So our next episode, we're going to do a year-in-review episode at the beginning of January. So we'll be putting some. Questions out on the social media so you, we can include uh, our listeners in on that
2: episode. So get ready to participate.
0: Yes, we love participation. <laughs> the next book that we will do is going to be one of the older Newbery books. So we will be posting a uh, what is that called? Poll. A poll Thank you. you. A poll what did, on our didn't social media. Last
2: time, didn't all three of us pick one? And yeah. Then... So that's
0: what we'll do this time. We'll each pick a book. And then we'll put it on, I think Facebook is where we do the poll. Mm -hmm. And the listeners will decide. So we will announce what our next book is on our year in review episode.
2: (laughs) I'm excited.
0: Yes, it's very exciting. (laughs) Are you okay? Is there anything else? Oh. I had something I wanted to talk
2: about. I probably should have talked oh, about this. Of course. In, uh, probably in the uh in the Christmas section. Or the love of books or something. It looks well, like you I, got a book. I can't there. say that I love this because I haven't read Lauren it. Lauren was not prepared. <laughs> I know. I knew that I knew that one of the sections was too short. Just
0: to, <laughs> you know, round out this episode, I wanted to draw everyone's attention. So there's a book I found. It's called A New Berry Christmas. And it is 14 stories of Christmas that are written by Newbery Award-winning authors. Now, this is oh. older, so it's all older authors. So it's Beverly Cleary, Eleanor Estes, E.L. Konigsberg, Madeline LeAngle, uh, Hugh Lofting, Katherine Patterson, Ruth Sawyer. And they're just a bunch of short stories written by Newberry authors. And I say we need another one of these with some of the newer ones. Yes. I highly... You found
2: a little gem there, agree. Lauren. So Who do we get a hold of? What? The
1: committee? Yeah. <laughs> we will write the,
0: the American Library Association.
1: Party planning committee. <laughs> Which committee?
2: Or is it the committee to plan parties? Mm,
1: yes. It's a
0: conundrum. all right folks let's let the people know how to get in touch with us if they so choose after this delightful episode you can
1: email us some christmas greetings at teamfriendshippodcast at gmail.com
2: you can find us on instagram at teamfriendshippodcast
1: we're on facebook
0: facebook.com slash teamfriendshippodcast you can tweet at us at Three Friends Podcast. And our website, TeamFriendshipPodcast.com. You can find me on Instagram at JediReader1138.
1: I also have a new readerly name. Yeah, I noticed that lately, Instagram. Guys. I'm just committing to it. Mine is RedheadedReader, and I spelled red like R E A D. You get it?
2: Whoa. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like what what is that <laughs> Get it? reader.
0: Read she's redheaded and red
2: like we read the i feel books. like i need to change mine now
1: but do it i really love send in my my your vote for what, mandy. what mandy's
0: reader instagram name be <laughs>
1: also,
0: bookish instagram name
1: mandy malay
2: never reads i love it mandalay never reads do it Change it right it's now. Excited. that's it right there. Mandalay never reads. But for real, you can find me on Instagram at Mandy <laughs> <Mandalay>. For now. <laughs> and the woodland creature. Are we gonna yes. do this? Yes.
0: The woodland creature. So I love hedgehogs. Might I've loved them blimper. for so long. And <laughs> and Leah likes squirrels. So like we like we relate to those woodland creatures and. You sent us some like video that was like made me Boring cry, and, a
1: hedgehog, and it was touching. Isn't it a commercial? I think so. I've seen it circulating. It's like a <laughs> kindness commercial. It is really
2: cute.
0: And it was so good, and you know, so yeah, it was a hedgehog and a squirrel, and so Mandy, Mandy needs a woodland creature to identify, to identify her. So we're gonna put it out to you guys.
1: I don't think we should. <laughs> okay. I think we this should. I'm interested. private messages. It shouldn't.
0: Email us oh your suggestions, guys. What should Mandy's woodland creature be?
1: And why?
0: And she'll decide. She'll pick a winner, and we'll, she'll tell you in our next episode if you guys send us suggestions. we send you one
1: of those woodland creatures. <laughs>
0: I don't want a real one. You're welcome. Here's a skunk.
2: You would, too. It was three. random, okay? Come on. Come on take it personal
1: this (laughs) needs to be over
0: (laughs) all right well folks
2: we'll see you all in another time and remember friends no two persons ever read the same book ever
1: Taking some behind-the-scenes photos oh, to share super, with the fans. Super. Leah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Leah's busy taking pictures. <laughs> I put our tag way too up high on that video. Can't get to it. Oh, super, no. Super. Super.
0: If I can find it. I had it pulled up.
1: Wow, Lauren. Way to be prepared. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Lauren's always the most prepared. So when she's not, we've really got to take advantage of that.
0: Yeah, make fun of me.
1: Go ahead. Ha ha. Lauren's not prepared.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is that was all the you best got? I had, I'm so sorry. See, I can't do that. I can't do the cheesy romance Christmas movies. Like I scroll through Netflix and I see that. Oh no, I can't do Christmas those either. Prince crap okay. or whatever. Okay,
0: the Christmas Prince is good. Okay. <laughs> So I like some of them, but some of them you I on can't that, handle. <laughs> so I will make a list of the ones that are on Netflix that are worth your time and that hey. uh, that you, are not worth your time. Warren, did,
1: isn't there a sequel to the Christmas Prince? There is. Did you watch it? Is I it did.
0: Good? I didn't like it as much as the first oh, one. Oh, you heard it here, folks. Uh, but I do like the Christmas Prince, and I think. Probably for me, the selling point in that is there's a little girl in it, and she for me just takes like the movie, like she makes the movie. Oh, I'm a sucker
1: for a good child actor. Yeah, she like like,
0: is she is the saving grace of of that movie. Um, but yeah, there was another one. Oh, the Princess Switch. That one is good. It has Vanessa Hudgens in it. Oh, look at you! That looks stupid too. I watched the little. It was good. It was good. Uh, what there was one that wasn't good though. Oh, the holiday, the holiday calendar is good.
2: See that one looks stupid too.
0: It was good. It was actually really <laughs> good. It has, if you watch This Is Us, it has Randall's dad, the guy who plays Randall's oh, dad. Oh, I in like it. him. Yeah, he doesn't have like a big part, but he has an important part. I gotta, I, you guys talk about your stuff. I gotta look up the Netflix movies so I can give my recommendations.
1: So my favorite Christmas movies are <laughs> as follows. <laughs> You've got mail. <laughs> While you I were sleeping. Too, okay? <laughs> These movies, well, are- those are good ones. <laughs> yes. Home Alone, I have grown to love because of my husband. I didn't grow up watching that because it's obnoxious and the child's a brat. But now that I'm an adult, I can appreciate it.
2: <laughs> I enjoy Home Alone and, and Macaulay Culkin is-, is making a
1: comeback. So. Look at that. I just, <laughs> that kid... The talent! Oh my goodness! Oh, yeah. Like he, mm-hmm. how do you have a whole movie on one little? Like I don't know how old he was during the movie. Seven he focused or eight? on
2: one child, yeah. and
1: he totally carried it. He did. <laughs> I didn't realize
2: because uh, I hadn't watched it in a long time that he is is the little boy in the Nutcracker.
1: Which Nutcracker?
2: The 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 <laughs> the play one the. It's on what Netflix right about? now. It's
1: oh. From, I well, I didn't know that either. I'm going to have to work. Maybe those. See, I like classic stuff like that. I can't. Yes. You guys, I can't. And I do realize the irony. Like, you've got mail as a cheesy romance, but there's heart. And she's trying to make her way as a businesswoman. And it's in
0: the Upper West Side, also guys. Also that.
1: Also that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I am a sucker for all those Santa Claus movies with Tim Allen.
1: 1993 Nutcracker. For those wondering, what about the Christmas Chronicles? Have either of you? I
2: watched it. It was good. I loved it. It was good. It was I'm cute. To watch it. It, it looks, was a cute it movie good. and it was humorous. Yeah. So, and there is no, you know, right, token right, right. love story.
1: Also enjoyed. <laughs> what was it like? Three Christmases or what's that movie with Vince Vaughn? And oh, Four Christmases. Four Christmases. Oh, was one oh, Christmas short. That movie is hilarious. <laughs> Oh, don't even get me started. Yeah. Another favorite.
2: <sighs> I love it.
1: Oh, I know what you're talking about now. I get I guess what you're throwing. We watched
2: it in our childhood. Yes, we did. And I think that's the last time I watched it until I watched it I don't think I realized so that either. either.
1: Obviously, White Christmas. I don't White remember Christmas. this
0: movie at all. I just watched, White <sighs> I just watched it. That yes. movie. <sighs> you can't go Christmas without watching White Christmas. You just can't. Okay, how do you guys feel about A Christmas Story?
1: I am not a fan. I'm not a fan. I am not a fan. I, am not a fan I get either. really bad vibes from that movie. It always makes me feel depressed, and I have theories on that. But okay,
0: <laughs> maybe something to do with like when we watched it and like wh- wh- who we watched it with, Possibly.
1: maybe.
2: Okay. <laughs> Trigger. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I just I don't like how the, like the dad's always so angry and like
2: yeah. I don't Plus, like they the play yelling. It, like on
1: repeat. And so, like,
2: all these Christmases, that's what I recall. It's just playing on the TV. And I'm like, what are we doing?
1: Well, and, like, everyone's so... I just remember everyone being so upset and, like, yelling at this little kid. Mm -hmm. And, like, and I guess Home Alone has that, too. But then, I don't know. It's more fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's
2: it's more fun. (laughs) Oh,
1: and Elf. I love Elf. It's just... It's dumb, oh, but I love that one's it. Classic. And the first
2: time we watched it, we were like, hadn't we been like shopping, and it was like super late. <laughs> Pretty sure, like in what? your in your former apartment, it's probably your true. Mother's,
1: yeah, it's so good. And so it was even more funny because awesome. we were all like
2: exhausted.
1: You guys, we really took took a divergent path. I didn't oh. know until recently that Rabbit Hole is not a good reference. I like going down the rabbit hole. I get it. It's from Alice in Wonderland, yeah. but
0: it apparently has other connotations. Oh well, we will not say that anymore. I didn't I, know. I didn't know that either. Okay.
2: I thought it was Christmas Trail. with a view.
0: Do not watch that one. Waste of your time. All right. This, these are the Netflix ones, and then also the Christmas wedding planner. Both of those were stupid. I okay? think just to play. I'm sorry it safe, if you like them.
1: That's I won't cool watch for you. any of those. Well, <laughs> I'm telling you the ones that are good to watch. I told okay. you. Okay, I will give a Christmas Prince a try. I will yeah, give one. I mean, I'll look, give
0: you one. You probably won't like it, I but I like some of those, so.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. You know what? Everyone has different tastes. Yeah. But
0: yeah, those. i learned. Yeah, those other two were a waste of my life. I don't like it. I can't get that time back.
1: You can't. You can't get it back. Okay. Wow. Uh, I'll probably that put was... all
0: that in the blooper reel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're helping people out here. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
2: I gotta, I gotta open up my screenshot here. Ha
1: ha, Mandy's not prepared. Mandy's not prepared. <laughs> so
2: that, that's not funny. That's oh right, that's <laughs> normal.
1: <laughs> I got caught up in the moment. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> I don't know who that's by, and I only have a screenshot that I'm looking at right now, so can't look at any comments. Oh, I'm sorry, Lauren. Is,
1: is it not perfect? <laughs> Wow, <laughs> I'm gonna go watch a Christmas Prince while these two work it out. You should.
0: <laughs> so we are discussing Kira Kira by Synthony. Synth- oh my word, you guys! Symphony. What is my problem? <laughs> Synthony? That's
1: a fun. That's like a fun symphony. name. I'm gonna Only put it on my Synthony. name list.
0: Yeah. All Synthony. right.